We just want to give a friendly reminder that these are our opinions. It's not an affiliation to any of the organizations or official capacities that Rita and I hold. Uh, there's been a lot going on, Rita, per usual. Tell me, cuéntame, ¿cómo estás? Ah, sí, mucho, mucho, mucho. I'm good. I'm, uh, I was, I, I want to tell everyone listening that we are not gone from recording We just had a few audio glitches, so if you're thinking, oh my gosh, finally they're recording another episode. No, we've like recorded two other episodes and we had audio issues. So we're here, we're trying, uh, but we're finding better ways to get you the podcast um, and better ways to get the audio recorded. So uh, I think we have figured it out now. So Yay, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, we're also excited that we're interested in getting candidates. We've been trying to planned getting candidates to come and speak and I think it's now that we are planning much much better um we're gonna get those candidates so I'm really excited to get candidates soon here in the podcast talking about their campaigns how to help um how they run for office what they stand for and yeah getting questions from anyone listening too so yeah I'm excited it's Friday too so I'm happy Yay. for the weekend how's your how was your week The week was pretty good. I feel like it's kind of like, to be honest with you, <laughs> survival mode in the sense because there's so much to do and there's so many moving parts all at once, whether it's yeah. like work or balancing my personal life or pa balancing my passion projects and everything is important. Everything requires yeah. attention. Everything is really impactful that sometimes it's overwhelming to be honest with you it's a lot I think was it this week that we talked and we're like we're feeling like we're letting people down you know yeah and I was like by the way the audio's not the audio didn't work <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was yeah. checking it with Rita and I was like I think I dropped the ball on something that I was supposed to do but come to find out um <laughs> the event hadn't even started right so Yeah, <laughs> but that's just oh, I mean, yeah. the anxiety, right? Of feeling like, okay, I need to have meetings with people. I need to do my official capacity and passion projects and trying to find a balance of everything when everything is important is definitely a struggle. So chicas and chicos who are listening to this podcast, if you feel in the same boat that, you know, you're balancing so much, let us know. How are you balancing it all? How are you doing it? moms that are listening to this um how are you doing it with your kids give us yeah. tips uh because I know for me it's like I'm trying to learn still how to prioritize my time yeah yeah I'm really lucky that with Luca uh my little one there's not there's like no competition once he's home it's like Luca time and yeah. like goodbye phone goodbye anything else and Um, it helps you it grounds you a lot and it makes everything very clear of what's really important and what isn't mm -hmm. but at the same time I also go to bed thinking oh my gosh I didn't get to do all the things that I wanted to do today which is fine it's yeah fine. and it's, it's a good reminder too like there's always going to be a fight to be fought and there's always yeah. going to be something new and I've been actually pretty proud of myself with that I've been really working on setting really clear boundaries with people 
Nice. Like one of my things now, it's like being very forward from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting. I had a meeting with someone and the, and it's, and it's really sometimes hard to have conversations with people because I feel like when you have a conversation with someone kind of people take their own interpretation of what you're saying, mm-hmm. also grasping the moment to add clarification. I was just explaining to this person that um, I just have a lot going on and I, as much as they want more of my time, I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, I'm busy too. And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. That's not the way that I meant to, for it to be understood. Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge your time too, which is another reason why it's important for both you and I to be on the same page when it comes to communication, right? What is realistic? Mm-hmm. Maybe having a conversation once a week is too much to expect from me or you. Yeah. So when we meet, it's only going to be for an hour and it's going to be very focused on what the goal is. So we walk away knowing what we are working on. So it's yeah. like stuff like that, where it's like you're grasping the moment to be very clear mm-hmm. um, and setting good expectations and boundaries. And it's hard. I, I know I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. I'm actually in hours a lot of time. <laughs> like 30 minute meetings are my favorite. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally get that. And saying no and knowing that that's a full sentence is definitely hard to learn. I don't know. I think we've been trained to say yes and to accommodate as many people as possible and yeah. leaving ourselves to, you know, to the last. And that's probably still happening, but um, it's good to say no to. <laughs> yeah well, we have to say no though I think you know like you have yeah. a child and you have a significant yeah. other and there's other things too I think it's I think you yeah. and I are like in a special age too where like there's a lot of important things that are we're getting um, older yeah that are molding our lives that require yeah. a lot of attention and balance to make sure that as much as we mm-hmm. have supportive partners that we also make them a priority yeah, that's true. And we're also, I think, working on things. We're very lucky to be working on things. I believe both of us on things that we are passionate about and that we care. So if you're passionate about something and and I think the things that you work on are important, um, you want to be focused and intentional and make sure that you're paying attention to that work. And if you don't, then it's probably not, you know, not going the way that you would want them to go. So yeah, it's definitely a balance, but I'm glad we got to touch on this. So if you're struggling and you're to finish your to-do list and you're listening to this podcast, you're not alone. You are not alone. You've got this. Yeah, you got this. You can do it. You is you is a chingona. You've got this. Chingona, chingon, everyone in between. <laughs> um we also want to give a shout out uh today. Well, this month is Disability Pride Month. And actually, this is the first year that I am aware of Disability Pride Month. Um, and I had a meeting recently with an organization that I want to give a shout out. They are called Access for All, and they work on disability issues here in San Luis Obispo County. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's how I found out about Disability Pride Month. And if you're listening and you don't know what it is, it, um, it doesn't have to do with June LGBTQIA plus Pride Month. It's not that type of Pride Month. It's being proud uh, about your disability. Um, and I think that's pretty cool, right? Because a lot of times people think of disability as something negative or something that uh, where you say like, oh, I'm sorry. But no, like it actually is part of who you are, so your, your identity. And um, you can be happy for yeah. the 
for for your disability too and obviously many people might have different of opinions but um i really like that there's a disability pride month yeah and i think it's you know really cool in the sense that we are seeing more and more people with disabilities really living full lives mm-hmm. and accommodations being made for inclusion and i think it's mm-hmm. also important to highlight that when we say disability, it's not limited to just a physical disability that you can mm-hmm. see, right? We are talking about um, whether it's it's something that cannot be seen. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've heard a lot of people that are like, well, this person, why are they using like a wheelchair if um, they can really walk like those type of things that are that are shame or that are um perpetuate stigma like we have to leave those things behind because many people will have either the any type of disability and just like with abortion those are questions that it's like so personal that you just have to be um careful when you make statements like that so yeah also, there's yeah and i'll sorry that but no, also like Taking the opportunity to learn what are exactly. some out there. If you feel someone is quirky or someone is a little bit odd, maybe like it's not just them being quirky. Maybe there's something there, right? So mm-hmm. also being patient with people and having the the willingness to learn. I think that's what's cool about having these type of months, Rita, that it, it's also should yeah. be the opportunity to say, hey, let me do a quick research. Let me see what's what's what does this mean? What does this cover? Yeah, exactly. And so let's use July and what's left of July to continue learning about disabilities. Um, it, uh, Disability Pride Month is celebrated in July because uh, that's when the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, was passed by Congress. So um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot to learn. And there's also many things that we have to be thankful for to the disability um, community or disabled community that have fought for rights and privileges that really benefit all of us. And there's actually a term that I have learned uh, about this month and that has been extremely helpful for me um, just as a concept. But I don't know if you've heard about the curb effect, um, Yesenia. I don't but, think so. So the curb effect really, from what I understand, it talks about how, for example, you know how streets now have this curb where um, that are meant for wheelchairs, right? To go oh, from yeah. the road to, yeah, to the curb, um, to the sidewalk. And it was, that that was the main purpose, right? Because it would accommodate those on wheelchairs. But now those uh, ramps are being used by families with strollers, people that are just for some reason using wheels of some sort and trying to get like, you know, skater or roller skates or whatever, bikes, whatever you're using, um, you're just trying to get from the road to the sidewalk. So it's not being used strictly by people in wheelchairs. They're being used really by everyone and they're really useful. And when you don't find a ramp, it's actually, especially me with a baby pushing a stroller, it's extremely, it's a, it, it's really a pain when you can find a ramp from the road to the sidewalk. Um, so we just have to, and that's like the curb effect that you implement something for a minority group, but it really benefits us all. So there's many, many examples like that, that have many laws that have been passed, many policies that have been made that have been meant just for a specific minority group, but it really has a greater effect. So that applies with so many 
um, legislation that a lot of minority groups have fought for. So that's the carb effect. And I'm really proud that I learned about it. I love that. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead and Google Disability Pride Month. Learn more about disabilities. Uh, like Yesenia mentioned, be more empathetic, uh, be more understanding of people with disabilities. Uh, disabilities, like Yesenia mentioned, is not just physical, will be other types of, of disabilities. But yeah, let's use the what's, rest, what's left of July to learn and continue learning from then on. And if you are in San Luis Obispo County, check out Access for All. They're doing great things here in San Luis Obispo County and they are working under the umbrella. They're a fund from the Community Foundation of Slow County. So check out what the Community Foundation is also doing. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Rita, we kept it really, really lighthearted, really, really positive, which is great. <laughs> we know there's some craziness happening yeah there's there's some still lot, lots of fires lots of lots going on people have been very busy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the devil the, the devil never stops they, they say the devil never sleeps yeah, <laughs> and that devil sure has been doing some tricks and things like that oh my gosh yeah but we've had we've had some guardians guardians uh keeping yeah. that devil in chat <laughs> yeah and uh, I'm assuming you're talking about school boards. Yeah. Oh, got it. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. And we have to recognize, too, there's a reason why it is school boards, right? There's yeah. a reason why the, the power grab is a local elected uh, body of representatives and why we're seeing yeah. schools specifically being targeted. So for folks that may not be up to speed, Rita, why why is this happening specifically with school boards at a local level with education? Yes, yeah, so two words, Steve Bannon. <laughs> so for the last, uh, I don't know, a couple of years, Steve Bannon and a big, big groups uh, under the Republican Party have been pushing uh, for people to run for school board. And they do it as a way to build a bench of candidates that they can run for city council or, um, I don't know, supervisor or whatever. Uh, but they're really building a political bench by making people run for school board. But not just any people, but people that are the MAGA people, people that believe um, that trans people are just like sick and they need to be they need to go into rehab uh people that believe that um every school should be christian and they should teach about jesus above anything else that believe that actually that don't believe in public education that have been trying to um take funds away from public education for a while so all the things that are really dangerous and that are actually happening right now through school boards because a lot of these people have run for school board in the past November election and are now um, flipping school boards with conservative majorities. And we have seen what is happening in Temecula. And um, maybe we can zoom into that um, as an example of what's happening at the school board level. Yeah, and it's like what Rita said, this is all very, very intentional. So it's mm -hmm. by no accident, there is a clear plan here and the reality is that it's distracting. At the end of the day, it's very distracting to the real issues at mm -hmm. hand, which is, do we have students that are reaching their potential when it comes to reading, writing, and math? Mm -hmm. Are we focusing on student success? Are we focusing on commonalities versus uh, culture wars, which mm -hmm. is really unfortunate that 
we have seen this playing out for a while now, Rita. I think it's been what three years, four yeah, years. yeah, because I think it happened, it started happening in 2018, um, and well, more strongly than ever. And I forgot to mention that the reason why school boards have been selected by you know big groups and people like Steve Bannon is because they they the barrier to get into a school board it's 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 way lower than other seats in politics right like school boards the jurisdictions are usually smaller uh, if they are under districts especially you know you only have to convince a certain amount of people to vote and also a lot of people are not even aware that school board is a thing and so they sometimes people don't even vote for the candidates so that's why school boards have been targeted because it's not as visible as other offices and therefore you know people just don't think about it much yeah. but they have great power they handle mm-hmm. huge budgets and they have power over a lot a lot of people right and most importantly for, um, power over children and I think it's important to recognize this because I saw this often with the Paso Robles uh, school board elections was this constant theme of protecting parents rights and the you know all of this language once again it's not by accident it's very much designed intentionally is parents have always had rights Rita you must believe if something inappropriate is happening at a school site and a parent knows about it and shows up and yells or whatever it may be you best believe a parent has rights like if you ever thought parents don't have rights and your child doesn't have rights then we need to catch you up to speed because that's not that's not true. You have, as a parent, you have every single mm-hmm. right to ask for a meeting, to show up at a school site and speak with your teacher, speak with the mm-hmm. principal, um, send in an email, request things, right? With, when mm-hmm. they're within reason, right? And if you really feel there is a violation, then you, know, you need to seek other higher powers that be. But the reality is parent rights have always been there. And one of the big case studies that we could see play out in real time is really the Temecula school district. Yeah, and maybe one player that we didn't mention, but it has a lot to do with school boards is Moms for Liberty, um, which is has been classified recently as a hate group. And I 100% agree with that. Um, so yeah, let's look at what has ha- what's happening in Temecula. So ha- they recently um the last november election the board was flipped with a three to two conservative majority and again you only need those three seats um and three people got elected and they have been just doing a lot of damage since then they have been critical teaching critical race theory which is not thought at school so I don't know what they're doing but and they I guess they tried to implement an anti-woke oh they try to implement anti-woke policies so we we've also seen the um the heavily charged walk walk the word walk I guess is just so triggering it's it's something that's used from the right wingers Republicans get triggered by the random things man I don't know how they live their life but <laughs> they get triggered by words um Anyway, yeah, they've been banning things. Uh, they fired their superintendent last year. Superintendent was very popular among parents. They didn't care about it. They fired the the superintendent. Actually, when they fired the superintendent, parents gave the superintendent a, a standing ovation. But still, they fired for no reason. They didn't say why. 
And I guess too, I guess there's a, a civil rights investigation launched by the California Department of Education. And it's really right. interesting. You know, you know, it's bad, Rita, when you even have former um, congressional Republican congressional aides uh, pushing for a recall. So this is a quote from a parent. We don't want culture wars. We don't want Fox News appearances, Alex DeVos, a parent of two children in the school district. And so mm -hmm. this is someone who um, who served for two Republican con congressmen in Orange County. Um, and he, he goes on to quote as well, our schools are not ideological battlegrounds. They're not mm -hmm. religious evangelists. These are institutions for learning and growth, unquote. And mm -hmm. so it's important, Rita, you know, I understand that we're living in a time where people's beliefs are being challenged. I think we're all being challenged to really question what is happening in this country, but also there's a lot of beauty in this country that diversity makes us better, right? Mm -hmm. Having the opportunity for people who believe they want to worship the God that they want to worship to still be able to have these freedoms to say things. But when it comes to school sites and school districts, the focus should really be education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what they're doing is they're going against state-approved textbooks and trying to ban them. So if you right now think that, well, I'm in California, I don't have I don't have anything to worry about. No, like these school boards are taking votes to not use textbooks that have been approved at the state level. Um, so they want to build their own bubbles. So we gotta. We gotta keep paying. We gotta pay attention to what's happening on school boards. Absolutely, but you know, Gavin Newsom, our awesome governor, came to the rescue <laughs> and checked everyone and said, "You know what? You're not within compliance with state law," which mm -hmm. is really important. That look, what happens is when you have bodies of of uh, board trustee members, such as a school district, they get to make decisions on a local level, but because uh, public schools are state ran. They have to abide by state laws, which is why it's dangerous to have charter schools because charter schools run on their own set of rules while the state and federal law have specific regulations as to safety or education or knowing like, for example, we're talking about the uh, Disability Pride Month. If I have a child that has a disability, they are protected by laws that are have to be followed by state and federal right? Or implemented by the state and federal government. Mm -hmm. If I take my kid to a charter school and my child is in need of special education because they fall on the spectrum of special needs, the charter school can say, we don't have the resources to educate your child. And they can refuse mm -hmm. to have my child attend their school. Mm -hmm. One step further, charter schools, I think, are being used to really manipulate narratives, to really focus on a specific type of education that pushes people's personal beliefs. And that's yeah. not preparing children for the real real world, Rita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it it just sucks because like you said, there are really real issues on accessibility, on um math levels, science levels, you know, language levels that kids need to be, you know, that we should, if we brought this creativity, this amount of passion into school board meetings, talk about that. Um, it would be a different reality. But no, we're trying to go back to using books that were um, that are just old and have old language like this school board is trying to use I think a book that's from like 
17 years ago where <laughs> we're teaching different things. Like we weren't recognizing certain leaders in the community, especially LGBTQ leaders, black leaders, Latino leaders. Um, and they're, they're just not happy with that. Diversity is just not a, a positive thing in their views. And it just keeps coming up over and over again. That's why if you disagree with that, if you're from the perspective that we should be supporting diversity and you're an elected official, especially you need to step in, just like Governor Newsom is doing. You need to step in at your level, whatever level you are, uh, city level, school board level, whatever it is. And you also have to double down on the support to diversity, equity, and inclusion. You don't have to call it diversity, equity, and inclusion. You can talk about accessibility. You can uh, talk about um, getting really focusing on students' health, students' well uh, well-being, um, because that's what uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion really is. So, well, that's and that's the thing too, Rita. We have to prepare students for success. We have mm -hmm. to prepare children for the twenty first century. Like this is so backwards, and it's not. It's not going to help us. It's only gonna, going to hurt our society. Look mm -hmm. around your neighborhood. Look around your town. Whether or not you have the representation from elected officials or people in power, the reality is. The United States is becoming more and more diverse, mm -hmm. right? Interracial marriages, the fact that we're seeing more Latinos being born, more Asians being born at higher rates than mm -hmm. other populations. Uh, the reality that we just had not too long ago, the first Black president. So we have to really instill in, in the portion of education being empathetic, uh, being sympathetic, but also being this understanding of this human experience that not everyone is going to look like me. Not mm -hmm. everyone is going to believe like me. Not everyone is going to, I'm not going to be in this bubble of a small town mentality. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that that is smart, Rita, unless you want to just be born and raised in the same space and not, not ever experience a world outside of what you know then that's you. But I also find it that that's not an American way for a small group of people to make decisions on behalf of everybody else. Like that's not the way our system should really be, should be really had. And that's the problem that we're seeing today, that if you are an elected official, if you are especially a school board member, guess what? You are in a position of power. You mm -hmm. get to vote on things just as much as we saw and Pastor Robles, for example, uh, there was a resolution and it was passed. The banning of CRT. Well, then guess what? The school board needs to also vote and dissolve that resolution, right? Mm -hmm. As we're seeing this really clear uh, attack on public education, we also need to do that on the flip side. Yeah, and I think you were telling me before we started recording that what's happening in Temecula, it's actually very related to what happened in Pastor Robles. <laughs> Yeah, so interestingly yeah. enough, tell us, tell us. our our former school board president, Chris Arend, who a very strong Republican, um, I mean, we we saw him being a bigot. We saw him being completely racist. Mm -hmm. um, we saw him attack you and I for speaking Spanish. We saw him ban CRT. We saw him, ex I mean, he even wrote a 20-page paper saying that systemic racism was a myth. And we're still seeing a lot of the repercussions from this man, even in a possible school closure. So it's like when we talk about 
these lived experiences and you diminishing a population or diminishing the experience of people of color. And yet you have someone in a position of power, much like Chris Arendt, who was a board president, he proposed things. And then because the board was majority conservative, they mm -hmm. supported him and things went very much a certain way. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, he always had this agenda, which is really scary to look back on Rita. And it was so important why it was so, so crucial to have community members and other show up and speak up and and offer the other side say hey that's not okay for you to shut down multiple mm -hmm. community leaders speaking in spanish it's not okay for you to say systemic racism is a myth interestingly enough on this man and it just comes to show his hunger for power is he took his little uh his little circus show on the road and he took it to temecula and temecula actually paid him and I could be wrong on this, but they paid him like $15,000 to do a presentation and talk yeah. about how he banned CRT in Paso Robles. And so, you know, he took his show on the road and he he pretty much almost started a full-on riot. And it was so painful, Rita, to see this man um, start this discussion and division mm -hmm. amongst community members. We saw uh, a strong, wonderful Black man take up the moment and say, absolutely not. You're, you are diminishing my experiencing you. You're diminishing my experience. You are diminishing, diminishing my, uh, uh, my identity. And it was really heartbreaking that to see these public displays of, um, division and hate. And that's yeah. problematic for our communities. We cannot be having that. But here is someone from Paso Robles who I feel like had we not shown up, we would have had the same type of um, behavior as well as really detrimental consequences. And in some ways, we're still living them, right? Um, yeah. but Temecula fell for those things and they had a majority of a conservative board. Mm -hmm. And in all of this, it's like, okay, how are the kids, what are the test scores? How are we making up for the learning yeah. loss of COVID? How are we making sure students with IEPs are being served? How are we making sure that there are actual resources to children who are unhoused? Or mm -hmm. in foster care, right? Real issues, that, regardless of your religion, regardless of race, regardless of all these other things are probably affecting people who don't agree on politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can tell that we're passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that we've been talking about this for a while too. Um, but yeah, it's all connected. And just um, honestly, it's, it's a minority, a very loud minority. So if you don't agree with those viewpoints and you do think that we should, like the viewpoints that say that we should ban certain books, especially those that um, talk about LGBTQ uh, people or um, the ones or that we should continue the fight with um, the CRT. If you disagree with all of those views, please say something. Please get organized. Please don't keep it to yourself because yeah. that small group, it's really, really loud and it's actually uh, convincing people that are just not aware of what's happening. And I just want to bring it back to a, a quote from James Baldwin that says, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of humanity and right to exist. And so we're not yeah. saying everyone needs to think like us. We just need to make sure that even if we disagree, um, let's just make sure that that disagreement is not rooted in, in denying that someone else exists, like LGBTQ people and people of color. So yes, because that's unacceptable. Exactly. And I want to tie it all together to parent rights and the quote that you just said, Rita. If you are a parent who does not believe in evolution or does not believe that 
um, being queer is within your alignment of religion, uh, you can actually talk to your school district and talk to your principal and say, I want my child not to read this book. Um, can we make accommodations for them? Right. Just because you don't feel comfortable doesn't mean that you need to rob the rest of the children from that experience. It doesn't mean that you need to interrupt learning, um, which is mandated by the state of California to a specific standard. So I just want to make that very clear that if you really feel in your heart of hearts, your values are being um, challenged, then make accommodations. What a great way to advocate for your student and yourself to do it in the right way. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, anything else on school boards on Temecula or anything that's happening? I think that's good for right now or else we're going to go down really dark rabbit holes and (laughs) I want to keep it positive because it's Friday and um, the California Mid-State Fair, which is such a big deal for North County folks. So shout out to everyone braving the hot There's a lot of people that come to the Mid-State Fair from everywhere in California. I've even seen, um, when I've been there and I've had like a booth or something, I've heard from people that come from like Arizona and like Nevada well yeah so a lot of people come to the Mid-State Fair and when when does it end Yesenia let me look the 30th 30th. (laughs) we have um we have a staff on it yes we have a staff member here uh yeah you're right thank you so much yes you're right the 30th it's it, I think it's what's really cool about the fair it's a melting pot and who actually you know what? I have to say this because I've noticed this huge shout out to whoever's doing the marketing for the fair I have seen multiple pictures of diversity highlighted from the fair oh I, they are bringing they are bringing multiple acts different acts they even mm. did um an acknowledgement of the population the latino population they have um every day of the fair they have a mexican band a local band that plays and they also mm. do a baile that is available for for the latino community and those that love the latino culture mm. too not limited to just right so i think the fair it's doing a lot of things great that i just want to make sure that when i see different pictures of people that look different that warms mm-hmm. my heart because i feel like that is not by accident that is very intentional mm-hmm. you should give credit where credit is due so thank you so much mm. california mid-state fair Oh, we see you, California, Mr. Fair. We see you, we see you. Uh, yeah, and it's Friday, and the FIFA Women's World Cup has started. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. is playing Vietnam today at 6 p.m. We're recording this on Friday, July 21. Uh, so good luck to the U.S. soccer team, women's soccer team. Um, it's probably going to be one of the biggest uh, or the most watched FIFA Women's World Cup we've ever had just because since the last uh, women's world cup and four years ago there has been a lot of work by uh, women by the community really everywhere pushing for equality so I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention and that is also uh, paying tribute to the amazing activist work by the women's the U.S. women's uh, soccer team who fought hard for equal rights and equal pay. So shout out to that team. Shout out to all the teams and we hope the best team wins. Uh, I'm definitely going to be watching. Do you watch the, do you watch soccer World Cups, Yesenia? I do. I get involved. It's the only time <laughs> I'm really involved in, in sports. It's in 
it's it's the time I love soccer, Rita, because like soccer is like the most played sport around the world, right? Yeah. If you're if you're in the United States, we call it soccer. I think most Latin Americans play football. football. Uh, and it's funny because it's like you sense this like world unity, but yet we're yeah. like divided all at the same time. <laughs> like we're all like really united, but divided because we're all yeah. cheering our own, you know, our favorite. Yeah. But it's beautiful. I think, you know, that, that that just comes to show that you can still have pride in what you represent or what yeah. you to come together for, for a good sport. Yeah, and I actually recently heard, um, listened to a podcast where Megan Rapino was being interviewed because this is her last World Cup. Oh, uh, and then she's oh. retiring. Yeah, I know. And um, she was just saying how, like, what does she feel as being, you know, this um lgbtq idol really or lgbtq spokesperson a lot of times um representing yeah but how the question was like how does she feel representing the u.s team knowing everything that's happening in the u.s um how does she you know is there conflict and she had the best answer where she said you know i think i represent the u.s um because this is what we look like you know like my hair is different color intentionally and I like it and it's part of my identity and these are my beliefs and I'm an ally for communities of a color and I'm uh, loud and speak about it and I'm an activist and this is what the U.S. is and there might be conflict on the other side from other people who don't think this is what the U.S. should look like but this is what the U.S. is and I just love that so go U.S. go team U.S.A. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Me encanta, me encanta, me encanta. Well, everyone, that wraps it up for our episode. Thank you so much to everyone that is listening to us and to all the new listeners. What really helps us out if you share our podcast with a friend, if you talk about it, leave a comment, hit the like button. Uh, If you are listening, it's always, I always get really um, humbled when people say, hey, I listened to the podcast or I really enjoy this or now I understand this because I was listening to the podcast. So thank you so much. We appreciate all of that. And just to everyone fighting the good fight, keep going. Yes. Thank you so much for contacting us. Have a good weekend.